You're listening to the DCC Sermon Podcast. For more information on Dayton Christian Center, you can visit dcctx.church. Now let's join in for this week's message. I, I'm excited, and, and we're just getting started here. Uh, the title of my message, Do You Believe This? And Acts chapter 2, we're going to look at one of Peter's sermons, verse 37, in Acts chapter 2. Now, Peter's message came from the Old Testament. The first message that came, and what you got to see happening there is, is Peter and the disciples, they were in the upper room, day of Pentecost comes, and they come walking out of the upper room and everybody outside of that upper room thinks they're drunk. Now, you can get all holy if you want to. And I know there's mean drunks, but that's, that's for another message. <laughs> but I'm telling you, Go ahead, brother. these... <laughs> These drunks was happy drunks because Peter said they ain't as drunk as you suppose. And so, I mean, drunk people act like drunk people. I mean, they were laughing, happy, having a good time, and they were coming out, and all the religious folks said, oh, they must be drunk. But they weren't. So Peter begins to preach to them that there was an outpouring of what Joel had talked about, an outpouring of God's spirit. And so there's just something that happens when God's spirit comes in us that sets us free and free people are happy people. Yes. Come on. Okay, we'll get there. And so Peter begins to preach a message about God's grace being on display through Jesus Christ. He begins to talk about the power of the miracles that God confirmed that Jesus was his son. And then he tells them, hey, y'all killed him. You know, don't want to suck all the air out of the room, but y'all are the ones that sent him to the cross. And so this word pierced them to the heart. When they heard this, they were pierced to the heart and said to Peter and the rest of the apostles, brethren, what shall we do? So here's all these people. They're seeing uh, them come out of the upper room and Peter begins to tell them, no, this is the outpouring of the guy that y'all crucified. And it says, his words made it through their mind, come on, and pierced their heart. It, you got to get a hold of this. Their words pierced their heart. So in other words, something that he said went through their mind and went into their heart. And a light bulb went off. How many of y'all know what I'm talking about? 
I, I remember times when the Lord revealed things through to me, when the Holy Spirit revealed things to me that it was like a light bulb went off. That's because it made it through my mind and got here. Does that make sense? Because a lot of times we try to rationalize the Word of God here. You can't. You're not going to get it here. It's going to have to become revelation and get in here. Does that make sense? And so they, it got through to them and they said, what must we do? Peter said to them, repent. Let each of you be baptized in the name of, the, of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins. And you shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. He's saying you will receive this outpouring of the Spirit. When you repent, when you turn and begin to rethink, come on. When we begin to rethink and reconsider, and it says, for forgiveness of sin. What is sin? Missing the mark, right? That's all it is. Missing the mark. When we reconsider how to start hitting the mark, that's what he says. When we, when we could start, there's nobody in here wants to go deer hunting with a gun that's not on. Come on. Ain't nobody in here wants to go and try to guess where your bullet's going. Right? Nobody leaves the house going, well, I think it's on. Right? So at some point, you have to have confidence in your equipment. Right? And so G it, Peter's saying, look, we've been missing the mark. We've gotten too religious for our own good. And we need to reconsider and rethink how we're going about this. And then we'll get an outpouring, come on, of the Holy Spirit. Come on, that's just simple right there. Look what he goes on to say. You will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit, verse 39. For the promise is for you and your children... And for all who are far off, as many as the Lord our God shall call to himself. My simple mind automatically goes to the point where this is for me too. This is for me. This outpouring, it's not just for them in that day. Come on. Just like apostles weren't just the 12 guys. Come on. Paul became an apostle after he met Jesus. Come on, James's own brother, Jesus's own brother, James. D J James didn't even believe his own brother was the Messiah till after the resurrection. And, it, and they call him an apostle. So Jesus's own brother struggled with his, come on. He wasn't a bad guy. He just didn't know. I mean, how could you know? This favored child. Come on. Let me look over here at the Morgans. There's so many of them. The golden child. Look, they're all pointing at the golden child. 
Can you imagine growing up being Jesus' brother? Yeah, you'd be a little bent. Why does he get, because he's the Messiah. What? <laughs> you know, I mean, come on. He said, verse 40, and with many other words, I love this part. And with many other words, he solemnly testified and kept on exhorting them saying, be saved from this perverse generation. Now look, I love this part because if we could get half the ministers to understand that one verse, we could change the whole country. It said he kept encouraging them. He didn't keep condemning them. We've preached guilt and condemnation preaching for so long we forgot to preach an encouraging message that you can be saved from this perverse, this crook and twisted thinking generation. Come on. See, you, you don't have to be beat over the head with the word of God to get saved. You don't have to even be a bad person to get saved. You can have all your stuff together and still need to be saved. You can have a great job, never done anything wrong, never cussed, never drank. You could, I mean, you could have your stuff together and still need to be saved. And the wonderful thing about that is, is it just puts you on another playing field. You don't have to be a drug addict, a prostitute, a pervert, or to have a testimony for God. You can be a good person and have a powerful testimony that when I finally figured out that there's favor, it changed everything. I started getting the bids. Come on. I started seeing things on that job that I never would have seen. That teacher that I couldn't stand, somehow I got favor. Come on, there's nothing wrong with an encouraging word. And if any time in history we ever needed an encouraging word, it is now. And listen, what we're facing right now it's, all, it's nothing new. They, we've always had a perverse and crooked generation. Come on. Ever since Eve took the bite, we've been in a bind. Huh? I mean, ever since. Verse 41. So then... Those who had received, those who had embraced and accepted his word, they were baptized. And there were added that day about 3,000 souls. Come on. Hell lost another one. I am free. Come on. You think there wasn't some dancing? Come on. I know. If you're Baptist, I was Baptist. We didn't dance. We didn't move. We didn't snap. We didn't do nothing. <laughs> I get it, but I'm telling you, you're free. You can, you, at least you can 
tap your foot. Huh? I mean, feel free to move about the building. <laughs> There's no mask mandates, no social distancing in here. <laughs> Hell lost another one. Come on. And they continually devoted themselves to apostles and, and to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship, to the breaking of bread and to prayer. And everyone kept feeling a sense of awe. And many wonders and signs were taking place through the apostles. And all those who had believed were together and had all things in common. Thousands of people were seeing hope. They were, had a sense of awe. Come on. The devil can't allow that sense of awe to continue to always build. The devil can't allow it. And so he's always working his schemes to get us too busy, to get us out of fellowship. Come on to get us all wrapped up in our hobbies, to get us, come on, are y'all hearing what I'm saying? Listen, we don't compete with other churches. We compete with a sunny day in the lake and the bass boats. Come on. I mean, that's come deer season. I'm competing just to get myself here. I'm thinking about taking a sabbatical. Uh, yeah. <laughs> of course. <laughs> Listen, they were repenting and being baptized for missing the mark and being saved from this perverse and crooked generation, a way of thinking. Come on. Here, here's, here's the thing that we've messed up. Repentance is you doing it in your heart. See, now I know we've made it about everybody coming up, saying a prayer and repeating that prayer, but that's not it. Repentance is you believing that Jesus Christ was raised from the dead, that you can change your thinking. See, you repent in your heart. You don't do that to me or to some other pastor or somebody. Come on, y'all hear what I'm saying? You don't go sit in a booth and light candles. Come on. You say that in your heart. Lord, I missed the mark. Because only you can do that. Nobody else can do that for you. You have to, that revelation has to be on you. Man, I've missed it. I've made some bad choices. I've had some bad thinking and I need, come on. But baptism, now that's public. That's saying my old self is dying and now I'm coming to life in Christ. That is public. That's the public part. Come on. And then as you begin to walk your faith out in the belief system that you're now having to rethink some things. Come on. Because we get all kind of crazy thinking from our schools and uh, come on, you, you know, you got that guy in the beer joint that used to tell you all about the Bible. Y'all act like y'all never been in a beer joint. 
You know why, you know why drunk people preach to you? It's because a drunk man's words are a sober man's thought and he has a calling on his life that he's been ignoring and it just comes out. It doesn't matter where it comes out, but it's coming out. <laughs> oh, y'all act like that. <laughs> See, our life was a mess. See, now our lives become a witness to the resurrection power of Jesus Christ. And that's what happened when those guys, when that outpouring of the Spirit of God came on them, they became the witness. Acts chapter 4. As they were speaking to the people, the priest and the captain of the temple guard and the Sadducees came upon them, being greatly disturbed because they were teaching the people and proclaiming in Jesus the resurrection from the dead. <laughs> and they laid hands on them and put them in jail until the next day, for it was already evening. But many of these, but many of those who had heard the message, believed. And the number of the men came to about 5,000. They went from three to five, just like that, because of an outpouring of the Holy Spirit, and they were just witnesses of it. And people were in awe because the Holy Spirit of God was working with them, doing signs, miracles, and wonders. And now they're teaching about this resurrected Jesus. And people are believing and their lives are being changed. Come on. Can you imagine in this short period of time what just took place? Because of a witness of the power of the resurrection being taught. That's powerful. That's so powerful. Look in verse 12. Look what he says. And there is salvation in no one else, for there is no other name under heaven that has been given among men by which we must be saved. What he's telling you is... Peter says, wait a minute, guys, there's no other way of salvation except through Jesus. And that word salvation means rescued from destruction. How many of y'all understand we are our own worst enemies? When I figured out 99% of my problems was my fault, changed my life. Rescued from destruction. Rescued from missing the mark all the time. Come on. He goes on to say in verse 13. In verse 12. In verse 13. Missed the mark. Now, as they observed the confidence of Peter and John, see, they're witnessing this. And I love this. I love this part. Now, as they observed the confidence of Peter and John and understood that they were uneducated and untrained men, they were marveling 
and began to recognize them as having been with Jesus. In other words, they were witnesses that Jesus had been with them. Come on. Verse 14. Here comes the evidence. I love this part. And seeing the man who had been healed standing with them, they had nothing to say in reply. Now, you got to understand this. First, they were uh, accused of being drunk. Then they come down out of that. They're headed to church and they go to church and there's this beggar that had been lame from for who knows how long, but every day he had friends that would take him and put him in front of the temple, beautiful, and he would lay down and he would beg for alms. And so here comes Peter and John, and I mean, they've just had this outpouring on them. And man, I mean, they are just rocking it now. And so they're walking up and the guys goes to beg for alms and they're like, dude, we ain't got nothing for you. But what we do have we give to you in the name of Jesus of Nazareth. And he reaches down and snatches homeboy up. We, we don't even get the lame beggar's name. We just get lame beggar. So they snatch him up. And now he, he is running around. And I mean, he's, he, got, he got legs like he ain't never had legs. And I mean, he's just like, and now he, they're on trial, been in jail, homeboys with them. <laughs> Standing there. Can you imagine getting your legs and then getting thrown in jail? <laughs> There's so many things I need to be going, walking and seeing. I, look, I've always wanted to go over there. You know, and I, I'm stuck in jail. You, I, hanging out with you guys is starting to. And so, I mean, homeboy's going to have to wait till the trial's over. And he is just like, <laughs> you know that guy. You know, he looked like he's tweaking or something. It's like, and Peter and John are just like, you're going to tell me to, to what? This guy used to sit there and beg. And I'm on trial. Well, I know it's kind of weird, but. Uh, yeah. And look what he says. I'm telling you, this is the funniest doggone story. And seeing the man who had been healed standing with them, they had nothing to say in reply. But when they had ordered them to go outside out of the council, they, finally they just said, y'all get out. We got to talk amongst ourselves. <laughs> he said, they began to confer with one another. That's what pious people do. They confer. They began to confer with one another saying, what shall we do <laughs> with these men? Come on. Come on. I, I pray. We're living in a day where God's waking us up to the point to where they're not going to know what to do with us. I, I long for the day to walk in the store. Nobody knows what to do with you. Right? What? What? No. What? 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 On your job. What? I don't know what to do with him. Come on. But you got to go back. It says because they had been with Jesus. That's it. 
He says, And all those who had believed, where am I? 16. Oh, 16. What shall we do with them? For the fact that a noteworthy miracle has taken place through them is apparent. <laughs> that guy fidgeting next to them. To all who live in Jerusalem, everybody's seen the fidgeting guy. And we cannot deny it. But we're going to deny them from talking about the fidgeting guy that got healed by the resurrected guy. Come on. You know, how many times have you ever asked yourself, how in the world could people deny? How could three million people and only two make it to the promised land after seeing God move miraculously. It's because at some point we lose our sense of awe and wonder. That childlike awe and wonder. And we get so wrapped up in this life that we're our careers and going to the ballparks and doing all that. Come on. Life. We, we, life is just going to happen. There's nothing you could do about it. But every once in a while, you're going to have to stop back, step out of that box of reason. Come on. We all have, I don't care who you are. We all have this box of reason. Because it's comfortable to us. These are just my boundaries right here. But ever so often, here's what I'm telling you. You're going to have to step out of that unreasonable box and believe God for something that's unreasonable. And watch it refresh. See, at some point, you're going to have to relive your testimony when you're telling somebody and you'll see how it refreshes you and spurs you. Every time I drive down our road, I'm refreshed because I remember when it was ruts that deep and mud. I remember when there was a pile right here that was as tall as this building. See, when you start telling the testimonies of what God has done, man, it refreshes you. See, every now and then you got to step out of that box and remember God did something. See, that's why he always said, remember. See, that's why we remember and we celebrate the resurrected Jesus because of the power that it took place to get him out of that grave. Come on. It's just like we celebrate the Super Bowl every year in February. Why? Because it's fun. Especially when your team wins. Right? Listen, it's not wrong to celebrate things, but we got to get the right thing the right thing. Got to keep the right thing going. Listen, the evidence of Jesus resurrected was standing right next to them on trial. That situation and that, that event still 
can happen today. Come on. I submit to you this morning. And this is what I like what it says. Look in verse 15. But in order that it may not spread any further among the people, let us warn them to speak no more to any man in this name. And here's what jumped out at me. Before we can't let it spread. We're 2,000 something years and it is still spreading. So you ain't going to stop it. No matter how much you try to beat it, no matter how much you try to imprison it, no matter how much you try to burn it out, kill it out, whatever, you ain't going to stop it. And that's a belief in Jesus Christ. You can't stop it. So I submit to you, we're going to celebrate the resurrection of Christ Jesus. But here's what I want to say. Let's start offering evidence of that great work. Let's start offering the evidence of it. Let's don't just go around just saying, hey, he's alive. He's alive. Yeah. Here's the evidence. Here's the evidence. Here's what he did in my life. Here's how he changed my life. Here's how I'm, here is how I am hitting the mark now. Here's how I missed the mark, and here's how I'm hitting the mark. I had to change some thinking. I had to change some old, uh, uh-oh, some old generational curses. Amen. Some old generational stuff kept coming down the line. Of course, culture will tell you now, oh, that's just in the DNA. Let me tell you what's in my DNA. Resurrection power. Come on, I can look around this room and I see drug addicts. I see ex-cons. I, come on, yeah, you're sitting all amongst them. I see old, old, old uh, uh, hood rats. Look, she give herself away. Come on. See, we're starting to hit the mark. We can't lose our sense of awe. And we got to start, listen, there's things we can put on display. Listen, we can step out of the box, start praying. We can start speaking into the tombs of the Lazarus. We can start rolling those stones away. Come on, we may have to do the physical work of rolling the stone away, but then we can step back and speak into that tomb. Come alive. Come on, there's situations and circumstances that you're going through. And it doesn't have to be drugs, pornography, alcohol, is it? It doesn't have to be none of that. It can just simply be, hey, man, I need this next job. I need to make an A on this test. I need something. Help me, Lord. Holy Spirit. I'm never, somebody stole Wendy's purse at the ball field one time. And I'm telling you, we just got together and said, Holy Spirit, we just pray right now that we get that, get that back. We, there's stuff in there we got to have. You know, we got a 
letter in the mail a week later. We got a package in the mail a week later and a note saying we're sorry and everything that was in the purse because we prayed that the Holy Spirit make that purse and everything in it hot in their hands. Amen. Next thing you know, it's in the mailbox. That's Jesus. Amen. That's the resurrected power of Jesus Christ. Come on, on y'all hearing what I'm saying? Yeah, that's what the three million forgot. Yes. They lost that sense of awe. Yes. We can't lose it. See, the power of the gospel that changes lives from destructive choices and habits, it all hinges on belief system right. of faith in Jesus and the power of his resurrection. And that is that the tomb is empty. That's what every situation and circumstance in your life hinges on. The fact if you believe that simple fact. Come on. See, we have to believe in Jesus. We have to believe in that resurrection power of the Holy Spirit. And then we are witnesses of that work. And now I want to put this to you. The word believe in the Old Testament Here's what it means in Hebrew. To build up or support. To foster as a parent or a nurse. The word foster is to cultivate, advance, nurture, the growth. In other words, the word belief right there, it is a process that we go through. It is not instant. It is a process. And so your belief system is good. Just like when you're going to school to learn something, it doesn't just happen because you sign up for the course. And we've made church, we just sign up for the course when we say the prayer. And we have made it shallow. And Christians haven't had any depth in their belief and faith. And therefore, we get all these religious crazy things. Come on. That word in the Old Testament of belief, the word foster as a parent, is a process that we go through. Listen, it's a process to teach a kid how to walk, to talk, to wipe his own butt. Praise God. Huh? To sleep, to sleep, Jeremy, on normal days and nights. It's a process that we go through. Come on. See that word belief, to be firm, to be faithful, to trust, to believe. Come on. Morally to be true or certain. See, it takes a while. Trust is built, right? God gives us grace and then he allows us, hey, I'm going to show you you can trust me. How many of y'all know when we first come to Christ, we just kind of give him a little bit of our heart because we ain't quite there yet. Especially those that their heart's been broken a lot. Come on. See, there's people that have been in churches and them churches broke your heart. 
And so we get these twisted ideas that, man, I'm just going to kind of stand off and I'm not going to commit to nothing. Come on. Come on, I'm just trying to be real to you. Because that's what this body has always been about, is gathering the scattered. And let me tell you, the scattered are, are hurt. They're hurt. And most of the time it's hurt by church folk. I hate to say that, but that's a lot what happens. And so God says, hey, you can trust me. You can trust me with your heart. You can trust me with your belief system because I'm going to show you I'm, I'm the way, the life. Come on. The word believe in the New Testament, to have faith in, to have faith upon, to have faith with respect to a person or thing, credit, <laughs> to entrust. Come on, I'm going to entrust my heart. I'm going to commit that. The word entrust means to commit to another with confidence. In other words, I'm going to hand over my life because I've missed the mark. I've made wrong choices. I've, and I'm going to trust you, come on, that you're going to cite this in. Come on, man, that's good stuff. See, in a time when so much is before us, sometimes it's best to just break it down to the basics. And that's what I wanted to do this morning. I want to just break things down to the basics because it, you know, at this moment in our time, we're being bombarded with an antichrist thinking. It, it's antichrist thinking. I'm not here telling you who oh, antichrist. No, I'm telling you there's antichrist thinking and it's been here ever since Jesus was resurrected. Come on. See, nothing's, this ain't all new. They had to deal with this same stuff back then. Paul was dealing with it all through the Corinthians. My God, they were incest. And showing up in church like nothing was wrong. <laughs> Woo! He's like, guys, y'all are missing the mark here. Come on. See, there ain't nothing we're doing that's just tipping God over on his throne. You hear what I'm saying? He knows how bad we can get off. <laughs> Are y'all still with me? John 11. Verse 25. Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me shall live even if he dies. And everyone who lives and believes in me shall never die. Do you believe this? Here's another thing that has really set the church back 2,000 years from the book of Acts. Is we have gotten out of thinking right now. Jesus addressed when we do die, but he also says even if you don't die. See, we have to start thinking in right now. And we've let doom and gloom preaching get us all jacked up thinking about the hereafter and the sweet by and by. But what about now? 
How many want to live life to its fullest now? Come on, I do. I don't, I, I want to live, I want to walk in the favor of God now, not just in the sweet by and by. I want the resurrected power that those guys walked in before they were all crucified. Come on. Can you imagine if we started thinking how we live right now? I mean, even the, Jesus had to ask, do you believe this? Because see, sometime in our fast pace and the situations and circumstances we're going through, we miss what the Word of God says. And Jesus would kept telling them for all through that whole chapter, hey, he's not dead. He's not dead. <laughs> but Jesus, your actions, uh-oh. See, Mary and Martha were having trouble with Jesus' actions. See, sometimes there is a bigger picture of the fullness of God's glory at work. And we don't understand it. We will never understand it. That's why we at times have to step out of our reason box. Come on. See, we hear that statement made by Jesus, but after a while, we really don't hear it. We, we kind of lose the depth of its meaning. Do you believe this? Because 80% of Christians believe in God, but only 1% believe the Bible's really relevant for everyday life. So do we really believe this? Do we really believe this is true? If we can leave here and everything is just the same old, same old, and we're not fostering, come on, if we're not nurturing the growth of our belief system, come on, then do we really believe this or have we just heard it one more time and have just kind of put it on the back burner? Are we still thinking that Lazarus is stinking? Oh, man. That wasn't even in my notes. <laughs> Are we not hearing that he's not dead? Are we not hearing that our situations can change? Are we not hearing that our circumstances can change? Are we not hearing that God can put it back together? Are we not hearing that we don't have to walk in shame and rejection of our past? Come on. Are we not hearing that there is a future and a hope? Or are we hearing all the other things out there? Are we hearing an antichrist spirit thinking? Come on. See, life tends to move faster these days with social media, Instagram, news on a 24-hour cycle. 
around the world, we're getting blistering speeds of news everywhere. People are having to process so much more information than ever before to the point where, heck, some people can't even sleep at night. We're, we're, we're just processing 24 hours. Listen, nothing's left to the imagination anymore. It's just noise, noise everywhere. It's noise. And life begins to suck the life out of us. And we're just giving it the straw. <laughs> Come on. See, and then we look around and time has just flown by. Yesterday, my kids were little running around. Now I'm watching seven grandkids run around. Yes, that's a blessing. But boy, time flies. Where did it go? Me and Wendy always, people talk about the 90s. I'm like, the 90s? What? I woke up in 2000. I remember a lot of white lines and sunsets and sunrises in a windshield, but my God, 90s went by. Time flies. Time flies. Your kids will have kids. At some point, this fast-paced life comes with a price. It'll come with a price. And we see that we've been robbed of what really matters. That's the price. Is when we're robbed of what really matters. We lose the sense of awe and wonder. We lose that fire for the gospel and time waters it down. That happens. Time will water the gospel down. That's why he's the resurrection and the life. See, that power never changed. We change. We're the ones that change. Jesus asked a simple question after he made the statement that he is the resurrection and the life. Do you believe this? The word resurrection in the New Testament means a standing up again, a resurrection from death, a moral recovery of spiritual truth. raised to life again. See, there's no life without Christ. When Eve took the bite, when Adam took the bite, life as they know it changed. It changed ours. See, we never even knew the life that they had of joy, of peace, Walking around naked, not having to worry about makeup or hair or what we're going to wear. Come on. 
We had all these insecurities. We had all these regrets. Could you imagine the regret that came? Everything that came in when they took that bite, we feel from birth. We are born into what they stepped into. Oh man, you got to get this. Now, oh, come on, you got to get this. What they knew as normal, they stepped into what we know as normal. But when Jesus died and was raised from the dead, now we can step out of what we think is normal and step into what they lost as normal. Come on, man. You're free to move around this building. See, we don't know life without all the problems and troubles and, and adversity. And come on, you hear what I'm saying? See, we just know the choice that was made for us in the garden. Now, God established, now choose life and prosperity or choose death and adversity. Come on. See, it's our choice. We can choose to hit the mark or we can choose to just walk on not hitting it. But it's going to lead to death. So that's why no matter how good you are, at some point you're going to come up against the bad choices of missing the mark. When fast-paced life catches up and you turn around, you've made it, but you've lost what really matters. Come on. Along the way, did you really have it? Come on, are y'all with me? See, two weeks of vacation can't redeem lost time or make up for missed opportunities. See, there has to be a standing up again, a moral recovery of spiritual truth. See, we allow and choose how miserable we're going to be. We allow that. See, we find ourselves having to ask what's really important. And how do we navigate through this twisted culture of identity crisis, gender confusion, cancel culture, and antichrist, just antichrist thinking? How do we navigate through all this? When Jesus asked a simple question, do you really believe this? Do you believe this? Are we hearing or are we just assuming Come on, look in John 21 and 11, 21. This is so funny. Martha therefore said to Jesus, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. Even now I, I know that whatever you ask of God, God will give you. Jesus said to her, your brother shall rise again. Martha said to him, I know that he will rise again in the resurrection on the last day. This is when Jesus goes, Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me shall live even if he dies. And everyone who lives and believes in me shall never die. Do you believe this? 
And I mean, they go on with this conversation, Mary and Martha, and it finally gets down to where Jesus, he says, he was deeply moved in spirit and was troubled. And the most misunderstood scripture in the Bible has two words. Jesus wept. Everybody, even the Jews then were like, oh, Jesus wept. He loved Lazarus so much. No, let me tell you why he wept. It's because nobody was listening. <laughs> no matter, hey, listen, four days he delayed telling them he ain't dead. Hang on. Put your skirt back down. He ain't dead. <laughs> nobody got it. And finally, he was so troubled that nobody was listening. He prays out loud. Here's his prayer. Father, I thank you that you heard me. And I knew that you heard me. Ain't none of these people hear me. Come on. He said, because of the people standing around, I said it that they may believe that thou didn't send me. Listen, there's, there's times when we've got to hear what's going on. We, we, we need to hear. Listen, we can't keep ignoring what's going on nowadays. We can't. Listen, they're pitting us all against each other. Listen, these people that were believing in the resurrected Jesus, they were oppressed by religion and oppressed by the government. They were taxed more than they could pay there was inflation. Come on. They were having a hard time. They were having a horribly hard time. Y'all stand with me. See, we have to start thinking in terms of right now. We can't change the fact. You can't. I don't care how hard you try to deny it. I don't care how hard you try and explain it away. Jesus is still after you. He is constantly after you. No matter what's going on in the world, no matter what's going on in society, the constant that's always before us is the love of Christ for us. And there's things that we have to let go of that holds us back. Shame, rejection, all those things. But there's also a thinking that we got this all together. Look what I did. Look what I got. Look what I, let me tell you, 
That's the first sign that you're in trouble and don't even know it. Because we can't without Him. All we do with that kind of thinking is get further and further and further in the back of the tomb. Come on. See, He's waiting for us to just ask, to just believe, and then to foster that. To not just say a prayer and then walk away and forget. But to foster it. To step into the process that says, Jesus, you know what? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to hand this over to you and I'm going to trust you. I'm going to trust you. I'm going to give my life to be a witness. To be a witness. To step out of my box and say, you know what? I'm going to work on this. I'm going to align my thinking up with the kingdom of God. You think you're blessed now? Wait till you align your thinking with the Word of God. This has been proven true. I know there's all kind of think tanks out there that can show you how to do your job and do your schoolwork and certain activities. But let me tell you something. You take that which you've learned and then you start applying this and lining this up. You watch what God does. You watch what God does. You start having integrity and honor on jobs. You watch what happens. It may cost you, but let me tell you something. You'll never, the enemy will never be able to take you out. He may get you to the very bottom, but when you've entrusted it to Jesus, come on. See, resurrection power can bring that which looked like it was dead to life again. Come on. You know what I love about Luke Morgan? I've seen him at the bottom. I've seen him about lose it all. I knew him when they were eating beans and cornbread. you know what? He never quit. And because he never quit, because he refused to quit, there's a legacy being built. You can't have a legacy if you just give up. If you don't foster it. Come on.
You know what I love about Kent and Missy? Because I knew them when they were losing it all. I knew Kent when he was, had a withered arm and believing God for it to move again. I remember them tell, them tell the story. Their accountant tells them, you can't tithe. He says, we cannot tithe. God resurrected. Come on. Come on, I look around this room and I see those stories. See, that's the God I serve. So I'm standing in a room full of witnesses to resurrection power that no matter what the world throws at you, you stand with your integrity and your honor because at the end of the day, if that's all you got, that's all you need. God will do the rest. Come on, you ain't got to have it all together. You just got to put a little work in. You may have to start rolling the stone away. See, some of y'all right now has got a stone and you think it's been buried. You think it's been covered up. You you think it stinketh, but let me tell you something. Come on and let's roll those stones away and let's start speaking into that tomb this morning. So as they begin to sing this song, I don't care where you're at. I don't care what's going on, but you say, listen, I'm ready to start dialing this thing in. I'm ready to start dialing it in. It can all be going great in your life or it can all suck. But I'm telling you, right now, this is the time to start putting in and grunting. So here's what we're going to do. We're going to open up this altar. And you're going to let go of some things. And you're going to roll some things away. And you're going to entrust them. Listen, this is between you and God. Remember, repentance is on you. I don't have to lead you in that. You do that on your own. Now, y'all want to come be baptized? You come see me. We'll do that publicly. Come on. But this morning, we're into rolling some things away. We're into letting go some things. So as they start singing, I want you to start thinking what you need to start speaking to. We are so glad that you chose to tune in with us this week. We hope that today's message left you challenged, encouraged, and inspired. If you enjoyed today's message and would like to hear more, you can find us wherever it is that you listen to your podcasts, as well as on YouTube. Thanks again for listening to the DCC Sermon Podcast.